Sandra Nicole. Nicole, this is Sandra, he said as if introducing a pair of strangers at a dinner party. I looked at the poor girl, naked and shivering, obviously confused and scared as hell. Do you think she's going to make it out? I want to say yes. This is Sandra right here. This is her. She is uh, African-American. She's, I'll tell you right now, sweet as peach cobbler pie. And this is from Nicole's words. She is, she's got a very low IQ. At the time, she would be rated in, in that, in the terminology of the time, just so you guys know exactly where her IQ is at. She would be recognized officially as mildly retarded. Mm. So this is her coming down the stairs. To join Nicole in the hole. Yeah, exactly. Gary's, Gary's not like this. Why is he doing this to me? He's he's my friend. He's he's a good man. Mm. This isn't him. I've known him for four years. That's what Sandra says. Four years. Mm. She's been coming to this house for the last four years. She said that they met. Now she's talking to Nicole. Gary's back upstairs. These two naked women, completely butt naked, chained at the ankles, are sitting right beside each other because they're chained to the same leaky ass water pipe in the basement. Eventually. They're going to be like, you know, talk. Gary, I've known him for four years. He's a good man. He's religious. He's devoted to Christ. I met him at the Elwin Institute. What's the Elwin Institute? It's an institute for the mentally and physically handicapped. Okay. But today, Gary acted a little different. He picked me up today and took me to McDonald's like normal. Then we came back here to have sex. But afterwards, he started strangling me. And that's when he brought me downstairs. This Mm-mm. this isn't like Gary. He's Mm-mm. he's devoted to Christ. He's very religious. I we we attend church services all the time and, and after after each service he rounds up all the mentally and, and physically handicapped, all the lower IQ people, right? All the mentally handicapped worshipers, and he drives us all to, to McDonald's and his Roy's Royce and maybe sometimes Roy Rogers. You know, I guess it's like a Philadelphia mm-hmm. thing. Okay, now Nicole's like, excuse me, I'm not saying you're lying, but you're telling me this guy is a sweetheart and he is a devoted Christian. And not only that, but he takes all the mentally impaired people to McDonald's and and gets them all lunch. And what are you talking about? Do you guys see that this is going to be a crazy ass story, right? You you know what I have to say? And I'm I'm very upset right now. It's sad to say that someone who appears as a devoted Christian may not always be the case. I think history has has shown us that mm-hmm. in many, many cases. You know, I just finished watching Shiny Happy People on Amazon Prime. If you haven't watched that, watch that. It's about the Duggars. Anyway, mm-hmm. regardless, this man is taking advantage of, of, of mentally handicapped people and putting them in a basement. And not, regardless, not even just mentally handicapped people or, or intellectually um, intellectually disadvantaged people, or however you want to say it, people who are sex workers. Like, it doesn't matter. He's taking advantage of people and putting them in a fucking yeah. basement. All right, well, let me just throw a wrench in that right quick. Let's go it back. It doesn't for matter. It doesn't let, matter what wrench. Well, this guy is a bad guy. What, uh, is he? Let's go back yes. for a second. Well, where did he meet Sandra? What do you in mean? In Philadelphia. Yeah. At what institute? 
the Institute of the Mentally... Why was he there? Was he volunteering? No, he was not. Just letting you know, he was a patient there. Yeah, kind of screws you up a little bit. Doesn't it doesn't matter. He's still he's still he's not still right. Praying. He he's met, still praying on He them. met her as a patient. Patient to patient. They've been together for four years. Not together girlfriend and boyfriend, but they've been best friends. Yeah, they have occasional sex, but she was there and she is apparently, and I'm going to spoil it for you, she dies a very horrible death in this hole, but she is his really good friend. So now he's bringing his friend that he met in a time of need at a men- mental institute when he was a patient and she was a patient. They've been friends for four years and now he is bringing her down to a dungeon. That does not make it better. But does that not make it more sensational or more interesting, I guess? I don't know. Make you want to listen to the next episode. Fuck, I, I mean, know. all of this makes us want to listen to the next episode, but it doesn't make it better. It does not make it better. Nicole isn't believing anything she's saying at that point, but she knows one thing, and this is kind of weird about this. I really wanted to understand her, and I know I can't because I've never been in a hole for four months. Been on a mountain for four months, but she is in this hole and this mildly retarded woman, that's what her official diagnosis was, comes down and joins her. She's so sweet. She she has the mind of a child. She's confused. She doesn't know what she's doing. She's so, she's so innocent. Nicole or Josephine, same person, crack addict, prostitute, made bad decisions, but also a mother of three kids. And they're the same age. They're both 26. She's going to adopt this protector persona. She's got to protect Sandra. Sandra is, she's innocent. She is innocent. She is low IQ, the mind of a child. She is in, she has no idea what's going on. Sandra and Nicole. Sandra. Nicole is, you know, just like average. But she has to be the protector. So she gets this, I've I've got to do everything. Like, I've got to protect her. What was, what was the guy, what was, uh, what was the guy's diagnosis? What was his diagnosis that ended him up in the same place as Sandra? I'll just say what what wasn't his diagnosis. Well, I want it matters because if he was if he was mentally uh, if if he at least had some sort like if he was not intellectually mentally disabled with a Rolls Royce and an investment account just one worth five hundred some thousand dollars and that is just one account. <sighs> Man, what kind of disablement is that? Sign well, me up. I mean, he could have been a child of a wealthy family. And- nope, he was not. Well then, what? what his, why his, was he? Why was he in the same place as Sandra? He what was his, his diagnosis? He watched his mother commit suicide in front of her, and then he was pretty much left to his own devices. All right, so PTSD. I'm not. I am not disregarding that at all. But what else? What's going on with all this? Sandra asked me. She seemed so innocent, so naive. I felt very protective towards her. He's got a plan. I told her he wants to get ten women down here all chained up, and he wants to get us all pregnant with his babies, and then he's going to bring up all the children down here in the basement in secret so nobody can take them away. And he already has four children by four different women on the outside, you said? Sandra, mentally handicapped, the mind of a child. Like I said, Nicole starts feeling the protective instinct to to make sure that she's going to be protected because she's getting beat. Nicole's getting beat all the time. She's getting raped. She's now going to see Sandra, who is a friend of Gary Heidnick, a 
four years also get beat and raped. She's got a mind of a child. It's like beating a child. Who who would say and watch that? She Because Sandra doesn't understand and she'll never understand what's going on. She won't understand it. No one, nobody would sit and watch that. It's just impossible. She said that recently, for, for all she knows, that she did get upset with Gary. They were at church, and, and she says Gary had asked her to have her baby just randomly, and she said no. Quote, that made Gary really mad. He criticized me at church on Sunday and said, because she had once had an abortion, apparently, and he said that abortions were evil. Then he offered me $1,000 to have his baby, but I don't want to do it. Now he says, I'm going to have his baby whether I want it or not. Right before Sandra got drugged down to the basement, she also noticed that maybe Gary has been off his medications. He's been taking some certain medications, some Thorazine, which is for uh, hallucinations. And she said, quote, sometimes I can tell when he hadn't taken his medications. His movements were jerky. His eyes darted around widely and he seemed jittery on edge. Those nights I stayed awake, gripped by fear. This is what Nicole Cole saying, gripped by fear. Um, I imagine him tormented by evil thoughts, his mind plagued by voices telling him to get rid of the girls in the cellar. It's a real possibility. Sandra fell into the routine as well. The routine is basically get up morning. Gary comes down with some bread, some water, takes you out of the hole. He rapes both of you. He always starts with oral sex, so there's two girls there. He shoves his penis, which he, as you'll see in his psychology, causes Peter. He shoves his Peter into one of the women's mouth, and then he ejaculates into the other one. Always going to do that. He's trying to make both pregnant, so he switches back and forth. Mm. And then he starts to dig the hole, and then he leaves. And then he comes back and does the same thing. Have you ever seen the hands, Handmaiden's Tale? Yes. Mm-hmm. Or read the book? If I never read the book, but the show, do you remember the girl from Mad Men? What's mm-hmm. her name? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's sitting there, oh, yeah. she's getting raped, right? And he's just... Just like missionary position. It's part of the, it's part of the, um, yeah. Like, uh, what do you call it? But ceremony. It's, it's called a ceremony. It's, it's sex with a purpose. It's not sex because you love someone or you're having fun and it's like a release. It's sex with an intent, a very specific intent. It's the same with Gary Heidnick. When he rapes you, it's that that rhythmic and motion, and it's all missionary, all for an intent of basically getting you pregnant. End of story. He is hell-bent on having 10 women in his basement. And as we're going to go through these episodes, we'll show you that he gets about six of them in there. Mm. Not all of them make it out, but th- this this story is gets fucked real quick. Beatings would only occur when they deserved it, like if they did something that that he didn't like or whatever, he eventually began increasing their privileges. Like, for instance, the first thing, giving them a T-shirt each. They're still naked, but now they have a T-shirt. Mm. And he even gave them a black and white TV to watch. They would watch sitcoms and The Price is Right, stuff like that. The radio still did blast every day. And Gary would be down there digging a hole, digging the hole enough for 10 women. One day during this months of captivity, Gary... Gary came back and remember, they can hear the car coming in. And Nicole was so, so happy to hear that because remember, if he's back, they don't starve to death. And that's a real threat if you're down in a hole with someone who, if they die, you're dead. 
quote, thank God you're back. I exclaimed as he pulled me out of the hole. We didn't know whether you were ever coming back. This is what this was after he was gone for 24 hours. Then when we heard your carpool in the garage, we were so relieved. We were so happy because, you know, we figured you may have gotten in, into an accident or something. Nicole is like bonding with this guy. Mm. I'm so happy you're back. Oh, God. <laughs> Babbling on and on and on and on. Wait. Oh, wait one second. How did how did you know I was how did you know I was back? Oh, the radio's on. Oh, hold on a second. So he showed. Uh, hold on a second. Yeah, I was gone for twenty four hours, but you knew I was you knew I was back because you you heard my car coming in. Oh, uh, that's not very soundproofed. Uh, all right. He just walks off. Gary walks off. And he didn't seem really mad. He's just, some got him. He didn't realize that the radio wasn't loud enough. And it was pretty loud. It's the fact that the garage is right over the basement. Mm. So the if, hole. A, if a car is coming in, you could hear it. Or you could feel the vibrations or something. And Nicole is so ecstatic because if he didn't come back, she would die of starvation and they would both die right there. I'm so glad you're back. When we heard your car come back, I was so happy. Wait, you could hear me come back? I'll be right back. He goes back upstairs and he comes down with a plate of bread and some glasses of water and he's he's in a good mood. He's just a little concerned. He also comes down with a quote handful of screwdrivers. Mm. He's talking. He's like, listen, guys, he's really jovial at this point. This is the thing about Gary Heidnick. He only is the monster when you mess up, when you step out of line. Then he's only beating you to get you back in line. Oh, He's talking to you while he's digging the hole the whole time, bullshitting, getting to know you, getting to know having, you, getting, getting to know all about you. He's real nice. He's very just methodical. Like, you're here to get pregnant, but I'm not going to be mean to you for no reason. I'm not just a dick. He's mm. not a dick. Yeah. He's going to... I mean... I would argue he's, he is. Yeah. He's a nice guy. He's a nice guy. He treats him really well. Nope. He doesn't. Uh-uh. He, he, he brings down a fridge, an ice cream fridge, eventually. So, yeah, he does. Oh, they have some sustenance. And some Chinese food, so... I mean... That, I don't know if that's, like, going to negate the other stuff. But he... During the day, he's nice, and he's nice now. He's just a little concerned. So, hold on a second. Yeah. You get hang hear, on. You hang get, on. You could hear my car coming. That I mean, that... Oh, we got problems. That is a little problem. I yeah. thought, you know, I thought the radio was a little louder. Hold on a second. He comes back. He's got a plate of bread and, and water. Yes, I know you haven't been fed. I've been gone for 24 hours. Uh, he also comes back with a, quote, handful of screwdrivers. Mm. And they're eating the bread. And he says softly, all right, I, this is going to be uh, this is going to be kind of interesting and everything is fine, girls. Everything's fine. Now, Nicole, I know you're the screamer here and, you know, I don't caught you before screaming and stuff. I, I don't want this to be a big thing. And I don't want you really screaming uh, too much during this. Now, don't you go screaming when I do this, he warned her. My heart was in my mouth. What he was, what was he going to do? Straddling her, he took one of the screwdrivers and deliberately pointed it into her ear and started pushing it in hard. Ah! She screamed in agony. My mouth fell open in horror, a silent cry hanging in the air. Y'all can hear my car come back, but maybe I should pop those ears drums. Sandra is screaming. 
you would be screaming if someone pushed a screwdriver, <laughs> pushed a screwdriver <laughs> into your ears, at, even even after the blood starts dripping down your cheek, down your earlobe, until he hears that little. That's your eardrum <laughs> popping. Once he hears that, he knows that. Okay, they probably can't hear now. He's got to do both sides, though. You know, you got two ears. <laughs> oh. Nicole is next. She just watched Sandra go through this screaming. She's trembling. She's, ah, is the worst pain she's ever experienced. Nicole was in shock, shaking her head. She's not moving. She's not trying to run. She's just shaking her head, like trying to get out of her mind, trying to get into another spiritual plane. Quote, and soon enough, Gary pushed me onto the ground and he had his full weight of his body on top of me. Her cheek is pressed down on the earth's soil. She can smell it. She can't move. It's just, she's all scrunched up. She can smell the richness and he's not being mean. He's not being aggressive, but he is making sure she's not going to move a fucking inch while he puts the screwdriver inside of her ear. That's why we're drinking screwdrivers. <laughs> we had already finished ours. <laughs> I, I have to say, as someone who is like, um, I mean... I, I... I would be I would be remiss if I thought that I was the only person in the world to put like a Q-tip in my ear to try ear wax or like even like a paperclip or something. It goes a tad too far. A paperclip, but you gotta you know. Once I learned that the Q-tip was impacting, you know, you gotta get something that will take it out. You what? Anyway, regardless, a screwdriver definitely will not solve your problem of having a blocked ear. And and blocked ear, it will. It busts your eardrums. They can't hear shit now. So you know I. I'm going to admit myself as a fan of a Dr. Pipple Popper. That's just who I am. Okay. You know what? There's nothing wrong with that. There are a lot of us out there. What are you talking about? Dr. Pimple Popper. The people who watch the pimple popping. What are you fucking talking about, Jen? The, the, the people who think that removing, uh, uh, you know. We're talking about shoving a screwdriver in someone's ear. Yeah, exactly. So there are videos out there also that are a little worse than the pimple popper that are like get the earwax out of the ears. And like none of them use use screwdrivers. But like I well, just can't like. Uh, yeah. Like, what the yeah. Fuck? Like, there's nothing... It's a torture device. Like, I mean, honest to God, like, a screwdriver... I just... I don't understand. Like, how can... I just still don't understand how this man, who was, according to John, a resident or a patron of the home of the... uh, You... What was the name of the place that um our second guest was from? What? The second guest of the whole. What was the name of the place she was at? What? I don't know what you're talking about. Jen, can you speak English? We have two people in this hole. Nicole and... Sandra? Sandra. What was the name of the place that she was that she was a patron of? I don't think he said the name. Jonestown? <laughs> no, I don't think he said the name of the facility. Elwyn, Jen, what does it matter? I just don't understand how if he was also a patron of Eldwin, how he, he was, was a patient, not a patron. Same, same thing. No, patient. no, that no. is very different. A patron yeah. is a donor. Yeah, fucking Brandon. A patient is someone who is actually in the facility Literally. receiving treatment. Okay, he Jen, was a patient. Brandon how and Martin are patrons. Yes. 
Courtney and Shram are patrons. <laughs> He's a patient. Okay. <laughs> That's even worse. That's even exactly. worse. Okay, what so are you talking about, he, dude? How, like, how is he able to be on his own and at the point where he lures these people to a hole in the ground and put screwdrivers in his head? Like, what is this guy's deal? He's rich, yeah. <laughs> He's actually very smart with investments. I wish I was that smart. Both women, both sides of the year. Sandra and Nicole were both after this curling up like babies on the floor, blood oozing down their earlobes, holding on to each other, crying loudly. <laughs> They're both naked, remember? Mm. Quote, now we were two naked women, complete strangers lying side by side and little more than a shallow grave. It was crazy, weird, and extremely frightening. Well, they're strangers the, no more. The whole time she's saying, I don't understand it. Sandra's saying, I don't understand it. Gary's my friend. I love him. Why would he be doing this to me? Is this before or after he popped her eardrum? Because I feel like how would Nicole know that she was saying that if her eardrum was popped? Not trying to be critical, just asking. A few hours passed by. And, and I will say, after this, he did reward them with Chinese food. That was his thing. I know you guys want Chinese food. I'm not just saying that. He would buy them Chinese food all the time. I literally just asked my mom if she wanted to have Chinese food tonight. So, I mean, uh, great thanks. Eventually, he would even let them pick out their own entree off the menu. Because they're going to be down there for a few months, right? Mm. A few hours pass, Gary comes back. He drags both girls from the hole they now shared. Now, remember, no one's showered yet, and this is going in two weeks. He puts both mm. women side by side on the air mattress. He does the same routine. He puts his, quote, Peter into one of the girls' mouths, and then he ejaculates into the other one. Mm. Quote, there didn't seem to be any pleasure or passion in it, Josephine says in her book, Cellar Girl. I'm sorry, but does he not understand that ejaculate into someone's mouth does not mean that they're going to get pregnant. Oh my god, Jen. I'm I am not gonna explain this shit to you. He, Holy shit. He began in a mouth and oh, finished, finished in the in, vagina. Okay, yes, sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. I misinterpreted. Sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. I felt like I was fifteen for a second. Back in anatomy class. That's what I was confused. <laughs> oh, you went over that in anatomy class? <laughs> yeah. The first bath that he gave them was after a month. and he A did, month? Oh, I, my goodness. He, he did this as a celebration because Nicole missed her period, and Gary had been tracking the cycles. So he brought them upstairs one by one, still chained, and let them bathe. He was very sensual. He you know, was sitting on the toilet, but he gave them, drew them a nice warm bath each, you know, soap, suds. And she talks about it in her book that she'll never forget the how sensational that shower or that bath was. Now we're going three days before Christmas, okay? Commotion is heard upstairs. Sandra and Nicole are sitting there. Again, another naked black girl, hands tied behind her back, is brought downstairs. This is Lisa. Hey, you guys meet Lisa, the third. The third cog in my will. She wasn't a prostitute. She was actually walking to a friend's house alone on, you know, in Philadelphia and she saw this really a nice cat caddy pull up. Oh my god. How cool would it be if I show up to my girlfriend's house in this new caddy Cadillac? Oh my gosh, she's gonna be jealous. Yeah, I'll take a ride. She was 19 with two kids. So New Year's Eve. Different, defiant, hard, more street, street savvy. Deborah Dudley, the fourth, comes down. 
Deborah's different, and I'm just going to call her Dudley so you guys can remember it. Dudley's going to be a problem. Dudley is a black girl. She's real dark. She's, quote, not pretty like Lisa or sweet like Sandra. She is a stone cold bitch. She, Good for her. She, Someone deserves to stand up to him. Mm-hmm. She is drugged downstairs New Year's Eve. What the fuck are you doing, you little shit? She's screaming. Are you deaf, you fucking freak? He didn't respond. He looks at all three of the other girls, Lisa, Sandra, and Nicole. What the fuck are y'all looking at, bitches? You got something to say about this fucking shit? And these were quotes from her book. So. She is going to be defiant. She's going to make life harder for everyone. She can't adapt to the rules, so she's going to get beat all the time. Dudley will. So, one of these girls are going to die very soon. Not only is she getting beat, but she's making everyone else get beat because it's pissing Gary off. Mm. Now, now we're talking about month two going on here. He's got four females in here. A little bit about Dudley's background. She's from the Richard Allen Projects, which apparently, I mean, I'm from fucking Gilbert, you know, so apparently it's like fucking drug central, right? Uh, You know, whatever. Abused her whole life. She wasn't pretty. She wasn't smart, but she was street savvy. Every moment of every day from the time she arrived, she fought Gary. She refused to get in the hole. She didn't want to submit for sex. And she shouted and yelled at him every time. She shouted and yelled at him even when he wasn't there. There's going to be a weird dynamic that occurs here. You have four women in a hole and it's about to be more. You're going to have a pecking order. Now, we're talking about four months that go by. There's going to be a pecking order. At the top of the pecking order is Josephine, Nicole. Her book presents herself, and I I believe this is accurate, what her words are. But when some of the other captives do escape, because only a few of them end up dying horrible deaths, they say Nicole was also a tyrant. Mm. She also enjoyed the beatings. Dudley was so defiant, Gary would get sick of beating her over and over and over. You know what? Fuck it. Nicole, you beat her. You beat the shit out of her. So now she's got to beat her. Now, these women are living together, chained up together for, for months. So think about that dynamic, right? I mean, that is crazy to think about, right? Mm. They're all in this routine, same routine in the morning, bread, water, oral to get them hard, rape, whoever needs to be raped, ejaculate in whoever the next one is. All right. January 18th. Now, now this story is going to go a little longer, right? We're going to talk about some murders and some, it, it gets a lot worse. I'm just going to tell you, it gets, it gets ramped up 100%. I yeah, know this well, is crazy. Well, it hasn't gotten better yet. But we got to introduce all the characters because there's a lot. There's more. Yeah, there's there's six, there's seven girls that are down in this basement. Ugh, poor things. So I'm introducing all in this episode. Then we're going to get into some of the most terrible things you've ever heard of. Someone could do to seven females chained up in the basement, if that's not bad enough, on the next episode. Plus, we're going to figure out who the fuck this guy is. Yeah. But January 18th, so 18 days later, Jacqueline, small skinny girl, 18, so small that the muffler clamps wouldn't even fit around her ankle. She had to be handcuffed around her ankles. So this has been going on for like three months. She comes down and she's number five and he is just in a joking mood. Oh my God, guys, as he's dragging this girl downstairs, 18 years old, small, skinny girl, dragging her down there, chained up. Guys, I was on the north side looking for a girl and I see some hooker in front of one of the hotels. So I stopped to pick her up. (laughs) 
Anyway, she's about to get into the car when Jacqueline here <laughs> comes racing over from the other side of the street. She's shouting, don't pick her up. Don't pick her up. She's got AIDS. Pick me. <laughs> it's freezing cold and she's jumping up and down, shouting to me to pick her up. So, you know, I let her in my car. That's how his mood is. January 19th, a day later, it's Nicole's birthday. Happy birthday. Everyone gets Chinese food. And not only that, they also get a cake with presents. So January 19th, Nicole's birthday. Everyone gets Chinese food. They get to pick their own menu. And in her book, she is, she's happy, right? I mean, dude, she has literally been naked in a watered down basement for weeks, now months. So any little thing, and th- and this is how Stockholm Syndrome works, right? You, they, they give you a little bit. You know, Patty they, Harris lives in Charleston, right? They give you a little bit of privilege. Not? They give you a little bit. And then you're like, wow, he's kind of a nice guy. He's letting me order my own Chinese food and he's bringing me a cake. You know, this is how they, they do it. So at this point, they're bonding to this guy, right? I mean, it's just how it is. There we were, five half-naked, half-starved women chained in a basement, and we were having a party. Unbelievable. But I didn't care. In this moment, I felt something shift, a change in the balance of power. Mm. He was thinking about me. He liked me. I didn't care that if the other girls were giving me daggers, it's what I would have expected. Here, stop right there. I didn't care that the other girls, the other four girls chained up in this basement were giving me daggers. You see the weird dynamic here, right? Mm -hmm. There's a jealousy going Going on. There's a pecking order going on. Yeah. Is that not weird to you guys? Isn't it crazy? That that would happen just naturally if they're all chained up in this hole. And now you have Nicole, Josephine, who survived, taking the the lead almost. She's like kind of like the the leader. She's going to She was first. Well, she's going to be the the teacher's pet. They were giving me daggers. This is kind of a weird dynamic. Mm -hmm. I just think maybe it's just me. No, it is strange. I would say, I mean, honestly, I'm not surprised that there was that dynamic because there's there's gonna be jealousy. That's 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 female within female. There's always gonna be jealousy. There's always gonna be some sort of social hierarchy, regardless of if there's a male or not. Like there's that's just But if it was all guys, I don't think I think they would just be like, let's no, take you this would, guy you out. You would call it alpha male, beta you know, like there's a difference. Someone's gonna be top dog. But they should be talking about taking this guy out or something. There's five of them. I right? think maybe so. Right. That um that's what you would expect, but when they there's, when there is the opportunity for survival, one of the females is going to take opportunity. I'm not going to lie. Like, there's going to be an opportunist type of of psychology there. There's not going to be, and I, I mean, there might be among like four of the five, but I think out of the five, there's going to be one that's going to be like, all right, let me see what my best chance of survival is. How can I get out of this? And that hurts to say, but I don't think it's reality for all of, for every single one of them to band together. I think one of them is going to try to be the alpha female and try to try to figure out what the best route for survival is. And I think that's because they've been in there in the hole, you know, like, is there a threat? Yes. But who's going to try to figure out there's going to be one that's going to try to figure out how to get out of that hole alone or how to get in the best situation. The rest of them may try to get try to figure out, all right, how do we band together and do this? But there's going to be one. Well, let me tell you, this gets a lot weirder. Okay, one of them, I'm not going to tell you who, you can probably guess, Bonds and 
is given more and more privileges, even dinners out on the town, unchained. Around, That's probably Nicole, the first around, one. Around public in nice restaurants. Wow. Right? Crazy. It's either the first one or the last one, and that's a psychological trick from the mail, and I'm, and that's my guess. For the first time, I sensed that Gary liked me, and I wasn't going to blow it. January 19th is Nicole's birthday. How did Gary even know that? She never even mentioned it. Mm-hmm. But now she's down there in the basement with four other naked, chained-up girls, and every one of them, Gary and all the other four, happy birthday to you, mm-hmm. down in this damp basement. Trying to create a sense of camaraderie. Chained up. He gives her a box with a bow on it. Mm. It's a nice box. She is ecstatic. All the other girls are giving her daggers. She opens the box and there's a nice brand new pair of designer slippers, furry slippers. Everyone else is walking around and they have no shoes. They're walking around the damp basement. Now she's got these designer slippers, these Gucci slippers or whatever. Honestly, I'd return them. Like, you should just go barefoot. And I know your birthday is on January 19th, December 21st. Jesus Christ. These nice slippers. What the fuck? And she puts them on and they fit perfectly and they're so warm. I mean, she's been freezing in this basement. Now she's got these nice slippers and all the other girls are like, I'm so happy for you, fucking bitch. Kind of shit. Seriously. At that point, Gary's favorite song came on. Stand by me. When the night... He asked Nicole, is young. Will you dance with me? In her furry slippers in this damp basement, Gary and Nicole are in a tight embrace dancing around the cellar to the song. Mm. Is this not the craziest effing shit you've ever heard? This is pretty weird. Pretty crazy. All right, I'm going to I'm going to stop it not right here but I'm going to go through this sort of quick about a month in captivity a little over this is a couple weeks later after the five of them in there the four of them in there Sandra gets caught Sandra is the mildly mildly retarded the second right. one mm-hmm. Sandra gets caught she's pushing the board from the hole a little bit they're all in the hole at this point every time he leaves she's pushing the board because they're starving for air sometimes the air in that basement especially in the hole gets really thin the oxygen gets thin they can't breathe mm. they have to they have to switch places getting up to the very tip to get oxygen <sighs> And this is for 24 hours straight, all day, every day, for weeks. That gives a whole new meaning to the Holly song. Have you heard that song? All I need is the air sure. that I breathe and to love All right, Jen, let's do this. She gets caught and she gets punished. Her punishment is pretty severe. There's a beam in the cellar and she is tied to it. One arm up, her left arm up is tied to this beam for all day for 24 hours. So she is sitting there, standing up while everyone else can sit down. Her arm is above her head attached to a beam. Now, this was going on for a few days. At this point, she's, from what everyone thinks, she's pregnant. She missed her period. Gary's tracking it. But she still needs to be punished because she did something wrong, right? About day two of her standing up, not being able to sit, not being able to sit down, her arm suspended above her head attached to an overhead beam. She starts getting a weird type of sensation and the other girls notice it. She starts kind of drifting out, falling away from her body, not dying, but not, she's not there. 
something's wrong. They know something's wrong. They tell, they scream for Gary. He comes down. He says, she's just pregnant and she needs to eat more. So he takes his bread, it's all they've always been feeding him, and starts forcing it down her throat. And he notices that she's not swallowing it. She's not eating this bread. And this was two days in of being suspended. He keeps trying to feed her bread, shoving, shoving it down her throat. She refused to swallow it. So he starts beating her relentlessly with a stick as she hanged there by one arm. She wasn't responding to being beaten. He is hitting her with all of his might with a wooden stick and she's not responding at all. Something's wrong. He's beating her with a stick. She's hanging there. After a full week of this, Nicole is begging him, please release her. Take her hand off. Unchain her hand. He starts shoving more bread down her throat, knowing that she's got a baby on the way and she needs to eat this food. Finally, he realizes that he should release her cuff, thinking she would kind of come to and be okay. As soon as he unlocks that cuff from the overhead ledge, from the overhead beam, her whole body collapses on the floor. Like she Uh, didn't have any, she didn't have any, any muscle movement in it. She just collapsed where she was. Oh no. She still had a pulse, but it got weaker and weaker and weaker. She was choking to death Mm. on a piece of bread that Gary had been trying to shove down her throat. She lay there still. I could see she was gone. Her mouth gaped. Drool ran out the side. One eye was open, the other closed. Oh man, that's just a waste of a baby, said Gary. Oh man, that's just a waste of a baby. Okay, let's go back for a second. This isn't Nicole. This is Sandra. Gary has been best friends with Sandra for over four years. She's mentally handicapped. He's been with her as a friend, a really good friend. He has been to her parents' house, which still take care of her, her sister's house where she lives. He has been there. And now these these words that he said introduced more fear into Nicole than any others. Oh man, that's just a waste of a baby. Oh, no. That. What is? No, you know what? I'm not going to. No. Can you see? read the last one? Did you see her face? I'm not even going to ask what is wrong because there's definitely some Something wrong with that. Like, did you see her face? Said Jacqueline, her eyes wide in horror. She was checked out. I had never seen a dead person before. Poor Sandra. Yeah, Lisa echoed, lost in thought. Poor Sandra. But I could see what they were all really thinking. Poor us. Which one of us will be next? This. You remember how? how I, you remember how I said Dudley was the one who was always yelling and screaming and mm-hmm. being defiant. Mm-hmm. This changed everything. The the fact that she's dead and she was low IQ, sweet as a cherry pie, sweet as a peach cobbler, not smart as in an IQ sense, just a baby, thoughts of a child. Gary has been friends with her for over four years, Mm-mm. has taken care of her. No, no. Oh, oh, man, that's just a waste of a baby. No. You know what? How dare he? Because he probably knew exactly what he was doing. How dare he? How dare you take advantage of a, of a woman like that? Of a person like that? It doesn't matter. How do you take take advantage of any person regardless of their, of their IQ status? But that is 
is the lowest of the low. You know, that, that, that's terrible. That is, that is terrible. That's almost worse. No, no, not almost worse. It's on the same level of taking advantage of a child because they don't know what's going on. How dare you? How dare you, sir? This, and I hope that, I hope that he is suffering. This story is a lot worse. He finds the joy of electricity in the next episode. Mm. And we're also going to talk about who this guy is. I, I don't, don't even care who he is. I just hope he's suffering. I don't want to really call him Gary Heidnick anymore. I'd rather call him by what he and his parishioners would prefer him parishioners? to be. His parishioners would prefer him to be called Bishop Heidnick as oh. he had his own church. What kind of church? A Christian church. <laughs> like WTF? No! Uh, we're going to talk about it on the next episode. This story gets a lot worse. That was an introduction to a guy that is, in my opinion, one of the worst, worst people I've ever ever even read about <laughs> holy shit i mean he is it is just tear tear a fucking bowl <laughs> the shit he's gonna do to these women you have no fucking idea <laughs> and sandra being the first to die uh. there will be more and what he does with the bodies i know i, I, okay, I, like, I, I, I don't even need to well, know you don't if you not yet you'll be if you want to come back on monday yeah i will come back on monday <laughs> let me find out what time my mother's flight is now i'll come back right after <laughs> shit. So until next time, good night, you lovely, lovely people. <laughs>